The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. Hugh, I'd like to take a closer look at your eyepiece. Is that okay? Here. Thanks. When you are assimilated, you will have a similar device. Hugh, do you understand we don't want to be assimilated? Why do you resist us? Because we don't want to live the way you do. Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday, September 8th, 2022. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be Joe Biden's remarkable and unprecedented speech given last week on September 1st has the world reacting in shock and awe. I have a full text transcript of Joe Biden's speech in which he officially declared war on his own country. A lot has been said about it, the speech that is, crafted by someone who is of course not Joe Biden, but whose content contained invaluable insights to the democratic mindset that no one has yet, to the best of my knowledge, addressed. The distraction of Biden's violent rhetoric and threats has taken everyone's attention away from the other messages in his speech, things that help explain so much about the mindset of the left and the source of the irrationality and violence that is part of what defines all things politically left. I have no plans to torture any of us (laughs) by reciting or playing Biden's entire speech, but we will be hearing a few highlights as featured by other commentators, and I will be commenting on certain selected passages from my written text copy of the speech that grabbed my attention for reasons that will be explained right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org. Hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave. Follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform and visit us at justrightmedia.org where you can access all of our social media links and archived broadcasts. As always, your financial support is appreciated and is what makes this show possible. Now this is the second week in a row that I had planned to discuss an entirely different and unrelated topic, but I found myself compelled to address events that simply cannot be ignored, given that we the people are currently at war with them, the deep state globalists, in a struggle that is literally, literally about life and death. Last week, of course, we we covered some official projections of a coming vaccine holocaust, and I have to confess, I'm still not sleeping well nights because of it. And I felt very torn about even broadcasting last week's episode because of the implications it might have on everyone from our listeners to my own personal friends and acquaintances. But you know, it's one of those things you just have to have on the record as we move forward in this most unusual and unprecedented form of a world war that is being fought. That was last week. Two weeks before that, we covered the FBI raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. And in our coverage of that issue, 
I noticed how the Mar-a-Lago raid followed immediately upon the heels of Trump's CPAC convention speech, and then, as I similarly planned to do today, I focused on the content of Trump's speech, which told us everything we needed to know about why the FBI went into panic mode at Mar-a-Lago. It was the critical story being missed by all of the commentators, left and right. A few weeks earlier, back on July 21st, we covered New York City's official alert to the possibility of a nuclear explosion there. People laughed at the city's public service announcement, believing that the advice given in it was too ridiculous to be taken seriously. But as fate would have it, I had already been well appraised of the realities of a nuclear explosion, and I knew that the advice given in that PSA was indeed quite accurate and correct. And so my immediate reaction was to take it very seriously. And on that broadcast, I suggested that the left is planning to stage some kind of false flag event, possibly a small nuclear explosion in New York. And the other evidence and testimonies that we heard on that broadcast certainly attested to that expectation. And yeah, that's another good reason to lose some sleep over. And of course, over the past several months, we have featured many, many broadcasts, all relating to the historical use of false flags. And as our resident historian and political scientist, Salim Mansour, has so often illustrated, false flags have been the order of the day going back as far as wars and conflicts have been fought. So it should come as no surprise that Biden's speech should have followed all of these developments and its significance and danger should not be understated. And one person who sure isn't understating it is none other than Alex Jones. Coming up next, the first four minutes or so that we'll be hearing are taken from Joe Biden's speech as edited by and included in Alex Jones' September 2nd show entitled Biden Declares War on Americans. It's only a small part of the greater speech, but it's the starting point of our conversation today. We must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now as I speak in state after state to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, 
to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. We here, you've heard it, more and more talk about violence as an acceptable political tool in this country. It's not. It can never be an acceptable tool. So I want to say this plain and simple. There is no place for political violence in America, period. None, ever. We saw law enforcement brutally attacked on January 6th. We've seen election officials, poll workers, many of them volunteers of both parties, subject to intimidation and death threats. And can you believe it? FBI agents just doing their job as directed, facing threats to their own lives from their own fellow citizens. On top of that, there are public figures today, yesterday and the day before, predicting and all but calling for mass violence and rioting in the streets. This is inflammatory. It's dangerous. It's against the rule of law. And we, the people, must say, this is not who we are. <clears throat> and now, America must choose to move forward or to move backwards, to build a future or obsess about the past, to be a nation of hope and unity and optimism, or a nation of fear, division, and of darkness. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. But together, together we can choose a different path. We can choose a better path forward to the future. A future of possibility, a future to build and dream and hope. And we're on that path moving ahead. Everything he said is an inversion of the truth. I warned you he'd give a speech declaring war in America. They are locked and loaded to stage massive terror attacks. This country is on the footsteps of doom. And everybody better get the word out that they're planning to stage violence. They're the ones preparing violence. They have the history of provocateuring. And you heard him with no proof say that Republicans are calling for violence. They had a bunch of national TV shows the last two days say I'm calling for violence when I'm calling for the opposite. These people are making their move on us. My God, with a fascist background. All they missed was the torches. Ladies and gentlemen, when the leader of a country gets up and declares half the nation terrorist and says they're about to engage in terrorism and they do it with troops behind them with a red background, with a, with a dark cross above it, in every Hollywood movie and every dystopian system, they show that exact iconography. All of it scripted by design. In V for Vendetta, it's the exact set. When Trump simply had General Milley with him touring the burned down church by the White House, the entire corporate media called it fascism and that Trump was about to attack everybody and that this was just Hitler had been reborn. No, when people are burning down cities, you then have the troops come out and you go and survey and say it won't be tolerated. But when you go up on television with a red background at nighttime with troops behind you, 
Ladies and gentlemen, Adolf Hitler wrote the book on it. So when they sit there and tell you that we're about to riot and burn things down and carry out terror, you can bet everything you've got on they've got their team set up and their Antifa operatives ready to pose and ready to provocateur and ready to launch it imminently. Imminently. Because they know they've lost and they want to have a smokescreen of violence to bring in martial law and they've got everything set up for it. When you think Hitler... When you think Stalin, when you think tyranny, why do you think this set is a, a simulation of nuclear war and has fascist red on black? Because when they're doing this, we put on the set the colors. They put those colors up, folks. I'm telling you, it's coming, and now it's here. In every Hollywood movie, it's black on red in a nighttime speech with the leader in a dark suit shaking his fist, both fists. I mean, this was scripted. This was choreographed. This was unbelievable. This is just absolutely saying, we are targeting you. You're in a crosshair. The military's watching you. We're going to censor you. We're going to lock you up. And then the former deputy director of the FBI, play the clip next segment, comes out and says, this isn't enough. We need to target all the insurrectionists. We need to arrest everybody. So how are they going to legitimize this? Why do you make an announcement this bold and crazy? Because they're going to pull stuff so damn horrible. And they're going to go ahead and make their move on everybody. They'll assassinate Trump. They'll, they'll come kill me. And then they're going to come for you. They're making their move. And they're insane. It will fail. It will blow up. And they'll get the war they keep talking about, which I don't want because that's part of the New World Order plan to take the United States out. We are literally at the end of America right now with a crazy dimension-riddled person trying to be a dictator. And the people behind him, Obama and the globalists, they are dictators. And they stole the election to install him. So I I've told you in the last month, my gut level, also intellectual analysis, is, is 10 times worse than it's ever been. I mean, 10 times more intense, 10 times more concerned. I'm, I'm guaranteeing you, okay, guaranteeing you that unless we see massive Justice Department whistleblowers now, and unless we see people even in corporate media that know they're mercenaries and know what they're doing is wrong, and a lot of them do, unless we just see everybody start coming out and saying, I'm not with this, it's over. And again, a lot of people say, well, we'll just have a war with these people and we'll show them. That's the plan. We don't want to have a war with these psychos. We'll beat them. But in the process, it'll be a Pyrrhic victory. A hellish spectacle was a wartime speech, says Town Hall. Absolutely. It was a declaration of war against Americans that don't want to flush the country down the toilet. 
but we can stop it together and we can raise the alarm, but I need everybody to get engaged now. Victory is in our hands, but we must carry it out. Even ABC News, CNN, the Washington Post called it a declaration of war, a wartime speech, hellish. These are quotes. We just had some on screen for TV viewers. Even mainline liberals are like, what in the world was that? Because it's so flagrant. It's so out in the open. It's so fascist. It's so authoritarian. It is overkill. And people say, this makes him look like a crazy man. But you see, he needs to get ahead of it before they stage the false flags. They've got a history of it. It's one of the only cards they've got to play. Brace yourselves. And the big question is, how do we get the word out about this so they don't pull it off? In the last few days, I've talked to high-level current Pentagon and high-level current CIA and high-level Army Special Operations Command, and they concur with my analysis 100% and say it's their analysis, and that America's never been in more trouble. But obviously, those people can't come on the show. But I can tell you that people that have done this in third world countries and people that have run regime change agree there's an attempt by the leftist arm of the deep state to stage events and permanently bring America into martial law. If you think the censorship and arrest have been bad so far, you see nothing yet. So this country is on the edge of ending as we know it. They know they've lost politically. They know they're about to lose the election. So they are getting ready to stage something huge, ladies and gentlemen. So the public will at least buy that, oh, because of the big terror attack or whatever, or terror attacks or mass shootings or mass poisonings or power outages or whatever it is they're gearing up to do, there's a plethora of, of, of things they can do within the false flag realm. People get it in your head. This is real, okay? Before you launch a war, you stage false flags. That's the first thing you do. Because nobody wants to say they started a war. Bad guys start wars. So every time a war gets launched by bad guys, they stage an event. And who have they said the enemy is? Conservatives, Christians, nationalists, patriots, Trump supporters, Republicans. And so... He's up there in a speech saying no less than seven times. I've got clips. The Republicans are about to get violent. The Republicans are about to launch attacks. The Republicans are about to do all this. It's ridiculous how obvious this is. You'd have to be a low-grade moron not to see it. That's what I'm saying. It's guaranteed now. That speech last night with the military behind him says, and when we stage these attacks, we're coming after all the opposition. That's what they're saying. And they are pissed that we're on air exposing it because this is our real shot at stopping these people. And thank God even a lot of big Democrats are going, what the hell was that? Yeah, guys, you're not just going to take the country over. You're going to start a giant civil war for real. Stop it. Anybody that wants to have a future for their children does not want this New World Order takeover of, of, of tyranny and collapse and inflation and depression, and just crime and insecurity, 99.999% of people are going to be hurt by this. So I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're gay or straight, black or white. I don't care. This is not good. This is historically dangerous. This is cancer. We don't want this. We already have them surround the Capitol with 30,000 troops and put up the fences and just all of this getting you ready for this next big move. They're not waiting until 2024. They're making their move now.
Alex Jones is not alone in sounding the alarm on this, but there are other alarmist perspectives on Biden's speech, as we'll be hearing shortly. The first thing we have to understand when hearing anyone on the left make the kind of statements just heard from Biden is that what we are hearing is 100% projection. Projection is a form of psychological self-defense and is practiced by individuals and political interests and groups alike. Namely, those who are guilty of something and don't want to be found out. For example, when one spouse starts accusing the other of, say, having affairs, when the accused knows that isn't true. Well, it's a pretty loud signal that the accusing spouse is projecting. It happens all the time, and people never see it until it's too late, because their first reaction is to defend themselves from the accusation. They are blind to the reality until it's too late. And so it goes. Remember the term alt-right? Even that was projection, because the alt to right is a binary one, and it's called the left. And the very first time Robert Vaughn and I ever heard that term, we made that very observation. And not only that, as we looked into all of these alt-right groups, we realized that all of the ones being labeled alt-right were, in fact, on the left. Now, Biden's speech opened with the sentence, and this was left in the transcript, quote, My fellow Americans, please, if you have a seat, take it, end quote. Now remember that, because even that innocuous opening was calculated to deceive, and I'll explain how and why in the closing quarter of our show today. But for now, you are invited to join me on a brief tour through Biden's speech based upon the following challenge and experiment that I conducted on it. And here's a question. How many times do you suppose that the word democracy appeared in Biden's speech? And in contrast, how many times do you suppose the word freedom was mentioned? Now, why do I ask this? Well, you will shortly understand as I show you the results of my experiment. Here's what I did. I took the transcript of the speech, put it in a word processor where I could search for each instance of each of these words. Then I took every sentence in which each word appeared and put them together in chronological sequence. And beginning with my search for the word democracy, here's the message and the number of uses of that word that emerged. Are you ready for this? And I quote, Equality and democracy, one, are the rock upon which this nation is built. But as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy, two, are under assault. MAGA Republicans, they're working right now as I speak in state after state to give you power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy, three, itself. They look at the mob that stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th, brutally attacking law enforcement, not as insurrectionists who placed a dagger at the throat of our democracy, four. Federal Circuit Court Judge Michael Luttig has called Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans a clear and present danger to our democracy. Five. But while the threat to American democracy, six, is real, I want to say as clearly as we can, we are not powerless in the face of these threats. We are not bystanders in this ongoing attack on democracy. Seven. It's in our hands, yours and mine, to stop the assault on American democracy. Eight. Patriotism, liberty, justice for all, hope, 
possibilities. We are still, at our core, a democracy. Nine. And yet, history tells us that blind loyalty to a single leader and a willingness to engage in political violence is fatal to democracy. Ten. For a long time, we've told ourselves that American democracy, 11, is guaranteed, but it's not. Unite behind the single purpose of defending our democracy, 12, regardless of your ideology. Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans, we must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving American democracy, 13. And MAGA Republicans are destroying American democracy, 14. We're a big, complicated country, but democracy, 15, endures only if we, the people, respect the guardrails of the republic. Democracy, 16, cannot survive if one side believes there are only two outcomes to an election. Either they win or they were cheated. American democracy, 17, only works if we choose to respect the rule of law and institutions that were set up in this chamber behind me. As your president, I will defend our democracy, 18, with every fiber of my being, and I'm asking every American to join me. And that democracy, 19, democracy, 20, must be defended, for democracy, 21, makes all these things possible. Democracy, 22, begins and will be preserved, and we the people's habits of the heart, in our character, optimism that is tested, yet endures, courage that digs deep when we need it, Empathy that fuels democracy, 23. Look, our democracy, 24, isn't perfect. This is a democracy, 25. Liberty and justice for all are most likely to come to pass in a democracy, 26. Our task is to make our nation free and fair, just and strong, noble and whole, and this work is the work of democracy, 27. We preserved democracy, 28. We'll come together as a nation that will secure our democracy, 29. May God protect all those who stand watch over our democracy, 30. And finally, this is how Biden ended his speech. God bless you all, period. Democracy, 31, period. Thank you. <laughs> wow, if that isn't enough to absorb already. Well, we're just getting to the punchline. Now, how many times do you suppose that the word freedom was mentioned in Biden's speech? The word freedom appears only in a single sentence in Biden's entire speech, and there it is repeated twice. I quote, I will not stand by and watch the most fundamental freedom in this country, the freedom to vote, and have your vote counted be taken away from you and the American people, end quote. In other words, not freedom, but democracy, 32. Final score, democracy, 32, freedom, zero. So where is the projection on all of this? Well, think about it. Joe Biden just confessed no less than 32 times by our brief count, to election fraud and cheating. Look how utterly obsessed he is about the electoral process. That is guilt coming out of his ears and eyes and nose and, and every recess of his body. Why should such a thing even concern him? Stolen or not, he got the occupancy in the White House. And the most scary thing that anyone's ever asked for with regard to elections is an audit and a recount. And how should that ever be threatening to anyone who believes he truly won the election? But of course, there's the next election too. Remember, prior to the last election, the Democrats 
were openly declaring that they intended to cheat in that election. Seriously, we've talked about it on this show. So what's the big threat now? Because Republicans are threatening to hold honest and transparent elections, that's what. And despite Biden's assertion to the contrary, voting is not a freedom. It is a specific privilege or right established by citizenship and a whole host of criteria ranging from age to jurisdiction, property ownership, taxation status, and a whole host of other possibilities. Landed immigrants and other visitors to a country are also not entitled to this most fundamental freedom in this country, quote-unquote, but they can still enjoy individual freedom. If anything, voting needs to be limited severely to matters pertaining only to votable issues and never, never to the fundamental rights of life, liberty, and property. Many people live their entire lives without ever having voted once. And others voted during their entire lives and never voted for a winner even once. Fundamental freedoms are not among the things that should ever be voted about. Yet, that is all we vote about, which is why society is crumbling. And having said all of this, even Biden's implied definition of democracy as a majority rule voting machine is completely false. Democracy is not about majority rule. It's about majority government under which no one has the power to rule anyone else, a critical distinction we expanded on just a few shows ago. Now, the first voice you'll be hearing is that of Bill Maher, as featured on David Freiheit's September 5th posting of Viva Fry, who will break into the clip with his own commentary. And David Freiheit, like me, couldn't help but see the parallels between the attitudes and words of Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and those of Joe Biden in his vendetta speech of September 1st. You laugh it, but Justin Trudeau, I mean, I thought he was kind of a cool guy. Then I started to read what he, he said. This is a couple of weeks ago. He was, or maybe this is September, but he was talking about people who are not vaccinated. He said they don't believe in science. They're often misogynistic, often racist. No, they're mm, not. That was not that, smart of him at all. Right. He said... But they take up space. Mm. And mm. with that, we have to make a choice in terms of a leader as a country. Do we tolerate these people? It's like, tolerate these? Now you do sound like no, Hitler. That's, mm. that, that was... uh, and recently he talked about them holding, holding unacceptable views. Wow. This, I'm yeah. surprised to hear that Trudeau said those things. Oh, yes, yes. It's, it's amazing. You um, didn't see the blackface? I mean, he's... <laughs> he's, he's uh, no, I'm kidding about it. I'm not... I'm not I mean, I was not a good look for him. This, this was a while ago. Uh, I, think it was, I think it was during, I think it was in September during the election, before, before the convoy. It's, it's, it's ironic. It's not ironic. Coincidental, telling, that the, uh, the, the, the manner of speech that Trudeau employed vis-a-vis MAGA Canadians back in the day, it's very much in line with the language being used by POTUS last Thursday to talk about MAGA Republicans. MAGA Republicans. It, by the way, it, it's nothing short of, a, of an ideological slur. So, this is surprising to people to hear Justin Trudeau employ what I was told was quintessential communist rhetoric. After one of, the, um, after one of my live stream documentation of the, of the Ottawa protest, uh, a, a man who was from China, was, I noticed he was following me, 
asked me if my camera was no longer recording after it was no longer recording, said he didn't want to be on camera for obvious reasons, and said that um, when Justin Trudeau came out and said the things that he said, unacceptable views, fringe minority, taking up place, taking up space, this individual who grew up in communist China said, this is exactly what the communist leader was saying about dissident Chinese back in the day. And he said when he heard Justin Trudeau use the very same terminology, uh, he said it shocked him, um, but that it was verbatim translated from Mandarin. I think it was Mandarin. S same terminology. Uh, fringe minority holding unacceptable views. And this, this is surprising to Americans that don't know that Trudeau is saying it. Well, I don't know which way this, this, this political madness is trickling. Uh, it might just be like a, 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 a tidal wave of political madness. It's going both ways. America, ladies and gentlemen, is under attack, and not from our usual enemies. The threat we face tonight is existential, but it's not coming from barefoot religious extremists living in caves. It's not the Chinese government. It's not even Vladimir Putin himself, the most diabolically evil man in history. No, ladies and gentlemen, this threat is worse than all of that, and it's homegrown. As they say in the horror movies, it's coming from inside the house. The single gravest threat to America today is Republican voters, all 75 million of them. They are Nazis and destroyers of democracy. They must be stopped. That is the message of Joe Biden's speech. Just moments ago, he referred to MAGA forces. We're apparently marshalling at Red Lobster near you, ready to take over this country. Now, to underscore how deeply Joe Biden means all of this, tonight's address in Philadelphia is not being categorized as a campaign event ahead of the midterm elections, which is what it looks like, no. Instead, this speech has the full sponsorship of the White House. In other words, what Joe Biden is saying right now is the official position of the entire executive branch of the U.S. government. That would include the Justice Department, the various intel agencies, and the world's most powerful standing military. Think about that. Does it make you nervous? You don't have to be a Trump voter to see a speech like this as a turning point in American history. For hundreds of years, the U.S. has had a political system comprised of two competing parties. If you were to declare one of those parties criminal and illegitimate, what would you be left with? Well, you'd be left with a one-party state. And that is what Joe Biden is calling for tonight, a one-party state. It's shocking. You may have trouble believing it's even happening, and yet it is, live on television right now. It's finally calling out Republican semi-fascist behavior. Where's this version of Joe Biden been hiding all along? Was his semi-fascism label, in your opinion, unfounded? Absolutely not. The Republican Party of today, under Donald Trump, is a semi-fascist party. President Biden did the right thing. He did the right thing by challenging them and calling them a mega, a mega fascist, uh, semi-fascist uh, mentality. What do you think about the president calling millions of Americans semi-fascist? Listen, he's got to express and be honest about what he feels in his heart and his soul. And now he's out saying 
two things. One, lots of y'all are fascists. And, uh, by the way, if, if you vote Republican, there's a decent chance that our democracy is no longer going to exist. I got to tell you, Scott, a lot of folks would go, where's the lie? I don't see it. No lies detected. Saying semi-fascist leads me only to the question, what's semi <laughs> about that? It's full-on fascism. That's the brain trust, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, why only semi-fascist? Why not full fascist? And what's, what's the difference, Joe Scarborough? We should tell you that all these people on MSNBC and at the State Department, officially or not, work for Joe Biden. So the dumbness may flow downhill like certain <laughs> other fluid matters. Joe Biden doesn't even appear to realize that his military, his Pentagon, which he oversees, lost the withdrawal from Afghanistan. In fact, it was just this week that Joe Biden claimed very loudly that Americans would need personal F-15s if they wanted to overpower the U.S. government. Oh, ho, ho, there's no way you can beat us. You're not sophisticated enough. You're not illiterate, sandal-wearing militia in the poorest country in the world. There's no way. He also doesn't appear to realize that he's accusing unarmed January 6th protesters of nearly toppling American democracy for good. Really? If you're afraid of Ashley Babbitt, so afraid you have to shoot her in the neck and murder her, then you probably don't feel very secure. So these are not people who believe they're strong, is the truth. And watching this, it's kind of fascinating, actually. And on some level, it's reassuring because, again, they're weak and afraid. You're listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. I don't know about how reassured I feel because of the fear and weakness being experienced by the Democrats. That's exactly their incentive to do something, pardon the expression, extremist. This is why tyrants so often say they fear polarization and extremist views without ever defining what they mean by this. So be wary of any person or group using the, the term extremist or extremism without explicitly defining the meaning and context of its use. In her 1964 essay, Extremism or the Art of Smearing, Ayn Rand wrote, and I quote, among the many symptoms of today's moral bankruptcy, so-called moderates were demanding a repudiation of extremism without any definition of that term. What is the anti-concept of extremism intended to accomplish in politics? The basic and crucial political issue of our age is capitalism versus socialism or freedom versus statism. For decades, this issue has been silenced, suppressed, evaded, and hidden under the foggy, undefined rubber terms of conservatism and liberalism, which had lost their original meaning and could be stretched to mean all things to all men. The goal of the liberals was to smuggle this country into welfare statism by means of single, concrete, specific measures, enlarging the power of the government one step at a time, never permitting these steps to be summed up into principles. Thus, statism was to come not by vote or by violence, but by slow rot, by a long process of evasion and epistemological corruption, leading to a fait accompli. The goal of the conservatives, quote-unquote, was only to retard this process. Socialism can win only by default, by the moral default of its alleged opponents. 
It is obvious what the fraudulent issue of fascism versus communism accomplishes. It sets up, as opposites, two variants of the same political system. It eliminates the possibility of considering capitalism. It switches the choice of freedom or dictatorship into which kind of dictatorship, thus establishing dictatorship as an inevitable fact and offering only a choice of rulers. The choice, according to the proponents of this fraud, is a dictatorship of the rich, fascism, or a dictatorship of the poor, communism. It is too obvious, too easily demonstrable, that fascism and communism are not two opposites, but variants of statism, based on the collectivist principle that man is the rightless slave of the state. Fascism is not the product of the political right, but of the left. End quote. So I want to know, just what is semi about fascism? Semi-fascist was the term being used to describe Trump by some of the fake news media pundits we heard a few moments back. And there ain't no such animal. Fascism represents state control over private sovereignty. And that kind of control isn't exercised in a semi-sort of way. Classic communism has been described as state ownership and control of the means of production, whereas fascism dispenses with the ownership aspect, you know, you'll own nothing and be happy, recognizing that state control is all that is necessary. After all, who needs ownership and responsibility when all you need is control? And, you know, I have to admit, upon hearing David Freiheit comment that I don't know which way this political madness is trickling, it's going both ways, I felt a bit sorry for him. His surprise at hearing how the terms that Trudeau was using were ver verbatim translated from Mandarin, the same terminology, suggests that he still has a long way to go with respect to how philosophy works and how it provides the script without any other parties or scriptwriters necessary. Unacceptable views, taking up space, fringe minorities, these are fundamental concepts and terms used by all collectivists. But you know, it's more than tragic and frightening to hear the tone and tenor of how America is heading into the midterm elections. Never in my life would I have ever expected to hear any American politician explain how Americans can't control their government through any right to bear arms because they would need the equivalent of an F-15 fighter to defeat the American government. That was so unconscionable, it defies any sense of reason, but once again illustrates just how terrified Joe Biden and his government are by the American people. And inciting an F-15 fighter, he's openly implying that he would be perfectly willing to use such a weapon against America's own citizens, who are merely seeking access to their government. Up next, we'll be hearing from the X-22 report of September 4th, in which Dave Nazipsode seems to follow in the footsteps of Alex Jones in terms of identifying the big picture, if not so much in terms of identifying the outcome. <laughs> this is one guy who has persistently and daily been putting forth his narrative that Trump and the Patriots have been in control of everything we've been experiencing, and that though some dark times may still be ahead, Trump will prove victorious. And you know something? The more I hear him talk, the more I think he might be just right. Now, the deep state, the corrupt politicians, fake news, big tech, the puppet masters, they're heading down the path the patriots want them to go down. Think about it. Think about what Biden has said during his speech. 
Think about what the fake news is saying right now. They are now building the narrative to go after Trump supporters. And the reason for this is because they have lost control over the people. They can no longer use the fake news. They can no longer use their propaganda. Big tech is not working. Everything that they put into place over many, many years is completely falling apart. And they do not have control over the people. And when you lose control over the people, your next step is to forcefully make them comply. And this is exactly where we're at right now. You're witnessing the corruption being exposed to everyone in this country and around the world because the deep state players, they are now desperate. They are so desperate. They don't care about what other people see. They don't care how the country views them. They don't care anymore because they know it's either they go to jail or they try to regain control. And that is the phase we're in right now. Just like when Biden came out with the speech, you think everyone's going even on the D side and you think they're all clapping. Oh, wow, this is incredible. This he, he's for America. No, if you start to look and speak to other people, even if they're Democrat, they're saying this was a complete and utter disaster. Why do you think ABC, CBS, NBC? Why do you think they didn't want to televise it? Because they knew this was a complete and utter disaster. Remember, he's not in control. He's the front man. The people behind the scenes, the deep state players who are calling the shots, they are becoming desperate. They are panicking and they don't care how it looks anymore. And it's very interesting that Trump had a rally in the exact same state that Biden has his his rally. And we had 10,000 people show up to Trump, maybe even more. And then we had, what, a hundred maybe? Maybe some of them were paid to show up at Biden in a small high school gym. And you have to remember something very important. Everything that we're witnessing, everything the deep state's doing, it's because they installed a puppet government. The puppet government overthrew the United States government and they're trying to keep control of everything that they're doing. And they have lost control and they're panicking. This is what Trump and the Patriots wanted everyone to see. They wanted everyone to see the traitors in action because if Trump just came out and explained it to you, oh, you know, this is what they're going to do. They're going to go after you. They're going to try to lock you up. They're going to do, they're going to stage things. No one would believe it unless you showed the people the truth. And the only way to show the people the truth is to bring the deep state, bring the people down this path. See, when you see a deep state movement like a false flag, an event, when you see a speech like Biden gave, these are the dictators. These are the deep state players that are panicking, that are lashing out. This is what it looks like when you lose control, because when you're in control, you don't have to make speeches like that. You don't have to stage false flag events. Look what they're doing. Look how panicked they are. Why would they be going after Trump? Why would they have to raid Mar-a-Lago? Why would they try Russia, 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 impeachment hooks number one, number two, use a porn star, go after his businesses, and now raid Mar-a-Lago? Why would Biden have to give a speech like this and say, oh, wait, later on, I don't remember saying that, and then actually put out tweets actually saying the same exact thing he said in the speech? 
Well, we know it's not him. Why would they have to do this? Because they're panicking. This is what it looks like when people panic. It's, this is not people in control. When you're in control, you're sitting back and relaxing because you know you're in control. You don't got to worry. Everything's good. See, when you're strong and you're confident and you know you have everything and you know you have the military behind you and you know that all I'm doing is exposing everything that they're doing, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be scared. You know that you got it all because you caught them all. Why do you think Trump is so relaxed? And the other thing that's very interesting is we can see their true agenda with COVID. And I think we all know their agenda. It was to bring us into a place that the people never really wanted to go. And it was about control. It was about keeping control over the population, vaccinating everyone, depopulating, and creating a new type of normal of complete and utter dictatorship. And Biden's COVID czar said he doesn't want life in the U.S. to go back to normal. And this is coming from the RNC research. And it says, the goal in my mind is not to go back to normal. The goal is to build a very different new normal that has equity much more at the heart of it. Trump's rally, Trump said something very interesting. Stormers Arrive 17 put this out on Telegram. He was talking about Joe Biden's speech, how it was hateful, divisive, and he's an enemy of the state. Take a listen to what Trump said. As you know, this week, Joe Biden came to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to give the most vicious, hateful, and divisive speech ever delivered by an American president, vilifying 75 million citizens, plus another probably 75 to 150, if we want to be accurate about it, as threats to democracy and as enemies of the state. You're all enemies of the state. He's an enemy of the state. You want to know the truth? The enemy of the state is him and the group that control him, which is circling around him. Do this, do that, Joe. You're going to do this, Joe, right? I think Philadelphia was a great choice to make this speech of hatred and anger. His speech was hatred and anger. By the way, the next morning he forgot what he said. You saw that. They asked him about, oh, I didn't think I said that, did I? Oh, no. How'd you like the red lighting behind him like the devil? So Trump, he's letting you know right there what Biden's motivation is. Actually, it's not even Biden. It's the puppet masters behind him. They're trying to get the Trump supporters very angry. They want the Trump supporters arrested. They want control and they want to show America, look, we still have the control. We're, we're going to round them up. Now, once again, is this going to work? No, it's not. But you can see that they're pushing this very hard. Biden, he put out two tweets, and this is what they say. And this is after he said, I never said these things. The MAGA agenda represents an extremism that threatens the very foundation of our republic. It doesn't respect our constitution. It doesn't believe in the rule of law, and it doesn't recognize the will of the people. Here's the other tweet. MAGA proposals are a threat 
to the very soul of this country. So the deep state right now, they're planning to fight to the end. They have lost control. The people are awake. So if you lose control, what does the deep state need to do? They need to bring us back under control. Can they do this simply by using propaganda? No, the people are awake and thinking logically. This isn't going to work. The next phase is shutting down communications and using force, physical force. To use force, they need to build a narrative. The MAGA, the whole movement is a threat. Trump is a threat. They need to get the MAGA people angry. They must create an event to push this. Trump, he said this out on the rally, and this is coming from Q Stradamus, and he just revealed the truth of the battle that we're in. Take a listen. But this battle is not about me. This is a struggle for the very fate of our republic. Our movement is fighting against a corrupt group of unelected tyrants who believe they can wield absolute power over you with the help of a willing and very corrupt media. They think the deep state, not the citizens, should be the true masters of this country. On our watch, we will never let that happen, and we will never let it happen. Then Trump, he put this out on True Social. He said, take back our country from the insurrectionists and lunatics that want to destroy it, MAGA. And that's exactly what's happening right now. We're taking back the country. And Trump, the patriots, they already have a plan. Their plan is to remove the deep state. Their plan is to show the people who these people really are, who the traitors are, who the people who committed treasonous crimes against this country. And it's not just the politicians in D.C. The swamp is deep and wide. And they're already setting it up. I'm talking about Trump and the patriots. They're already setting up the country to move forward after this, to make the country strong. Once we take back the country and the deep state is removed and we have the trials, they're in jail. They're setting up the country to move forward without them where the people take it back. Take a listen. On our watch, we will never let that happen and we will never let it happen. Even though we're going to be gone, we're going to set this country up so strong and so powerfully that we may not be here, at least some of the older ones that I love you all, but we're going to have the country set up properly like it was before the COVID came in, before the China dust came in. And even after we hand it off. So Trump and the Patriots, they have all this plan laid out. They're leading them down this path so everyone can see this very, very clearly because the people must see it to believe it. They must understand who the criminals are, who the traitors are. And it's not just Hillary. It's not just Obama. I think people are going to be very surprised how many people are involved in this and how many organizations are involved in this and how deep it really goes. This is the only way you can stop it in the future. If you understand it and to understand it, we need to see every aspect of it so we can dismantle it so we can remove what they put into place. Remember, it was infiltration. It was an invasion. I have to say the way Trump was talking sure seems to exude a confidence about the future that not too many of us are feeling these days. And given the long-term objectives, 
that he outlined that extend beyond the lifetimes of us older folks, that was actually an optimistic sign. Now, I know this sounds totally weird and a little bit off the wall, but when I heard X-22 comment that thousands show up at Trump rallies, whereas Biden has his rally in a small high school gym, it suddenly gave the opening sentence to Biden's speech a new purpose and intent. Remember that sentence I cited at our show's opening today? My fellow Americans, please, if you have a seat, take it. Pretty innocuous, right? But to anyone not aware, it lends the impression that there are a lot of people at his event, even implying standing room only. In his criticism of Biden's speech, Trump called it the most vicious, hateful, and divisive speech ever delivered by an American president and pointed out how the enemy of the state is Biden and his group. Now, I'm going to get a little picky here because I understand what Trump was saying, but I would not have used the term the state in describing Biden's hypocrisy, although he was relating to how Biden called it. I have never been a quote-unquote friend of the state, and it's a word I use with caution because it is so often confused with the word government. But the state and government are two different things and fall into two different categories. Government originates in the moral faculty. To govern oneself is a moral action taken in accordance with established moral or legal principles. The state, on the other hand, is merely the physical apparatus by which we govern ourselves. This apparatus is used when we have to resort to the use of physical force in order to assure justice, self-defense, and of course national defense. The state has no other justifiable purpose in a free society. Now a proper state, such as I'm describing it, should be inert. The state is the gun. The government is comprised of the people who are pulling the trigger. So it's easy to understand why the two are so readily interchanged and confused with one another, and I don't expect that distinction to be adopted anytime soon. But the danger in failing to understand the difference is enormous. Among other consequences, it engenders wild and crazy quote-unquote freedom movements like libertarianism, which Ayn Rand despised. And the right will never defeat the left by constantly allowing itself to be defined by the left. And looking back, we have to acknowledge that Donald Trump was really tossed into a viper's pit of corruption and evil during his term in the White House. Who knows how much more desperate they might get by this time next week. So be sure to join us again next week when we will continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right. And be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. Uh, Sherry, Minister? Jim. Oh, Jim. No, no, Jim. Jim, call me Jim. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, I think if it's all the same to you, I would prefer to call you Minister, Minister. Minister, Minister? <laughs> Quite, quite. I see what you mean. Does that mean I have to call you Private Secretary, Private Secretary? <laughs> no, do call me Bernard. Thank you. You're most welcome, Minister. Cheers, Bernard. Your health, Minister. Ah. Well, what now? Ah, Minister, allow me to present Sir Humphrey Appleby, Permanent Under Secretary of State and Head of the DAA. Hello, Sir Humphrey. Hello and welcome. Thank you, Sir Humphrey. 
I believe you know each other. Ah. Yes, we did cross swords when the minister gave me a grilling over the estimates in the Public Accounts Committee last I wouldn't year. say that. Oh, you came up with all the questions I hoped nobody would ask. Well, opposition's about asking awkward questions. And government is about not answering them. <laughs> well, you answer all mine anyway. I'm glad you thought so, minister. 